Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Welcome from that business feature. Welcome to Business Garage. If you're just joining us, you are right on time for our wonderful series that we've been doing at Business Garage, Rebuilding Businesses. And today I have the privilege and honor of bringing you the story of the nomads. Nomad advertising, Jeremy and Kamara. Welcome to Business Garage. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for having us. My name is B3. I get to make them tell you the story. Remember, we'll be waiting for your questions on all the, the, the social media platforms, Facebook and YouTube, and we will ask those questions as we go along in the interview. But let's start with first things first. Jeremy and Kamara, welcome to Business Garage. Thank you. Thanks again. You, you have a unique, um, it's, it's very different today. I've been having one person, right? Today we have two of you, so I think it's going to be quite interesting. Yes. I feel like partnership, we're going to start right there, is like a marriage because each one of you has your side of the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'll start with Kamara. Tell us your story. How, 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 how did Nomad come along? Where, where did this journey begin? Uh, did, I, I, I sort of want to hear your business journey up until Nomad. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, tell us. Wow, thank you, Pastor B3, for hosting us. And uh, I like to get things a little calmer. So I'm going to tell a joke first. Wow. Um, <laughs> I hope they are better than Angela. So since we're talking about Sam Kamani, <laughs> uh -huh. to calm himself. himself down. <laughs> <laughs> since we're talking about Sam Kamani, so this guy walked into the MD's office uh -huh. and said, Boss, I know the economy is tough, but uh, I need a raise. I need some more Kamani. Uh -huh. And the boss is like, uh, why, guys? Like, well, I know it's tough out there, but there are three companies after me. <laughs> it was like, really? It was like, yes. So they haggled, and the boss was like, okay, 5% increase. And the guy was like, okay. So the boss was, as he was leaving, the boss is like, so which are these companies that are after you? The guy said, well, the electricity company, <laughs> the water company, and the phone company. I love it. They were after me, so I needed some more money. <laughs> yeah, so wow. the, the, the story of Nomad personally starts mm. with, uh, like I said, Design chose me. Um, I found myself at Access working for John and Gladys Cato. Uh, my <laughs> boss is in the house as well. Uh, as you can see, the pictures there. That, it really started my Essex back. So I worked, I started doing design before I was trained in design. So I'm one of those people who were self taught. Mm. And then I got great mentors who uh, made things even better. And then I left to go and uh, pursue this thing that I was doing but wasn't qualified. I think. Um, to some point, I felt like I needed papers to validate yes. me, you know. So then I left. Uh, I was away for about five and a half years, <laughs> um, looking for the papers of what I was already doing. Um, and then I, I, I came back, and I needed to plug back into work. And uh, when I was leaving Access, uh, John asked me to recommend someone to stay, and I recommended Jeremy. Wow. So Jeremy, we swapped jobs like that. So I left and Jeremy took over the job and he did an amazing job there. Uh, and then when I was coming back, plugging back into business, Jeremy had got a better offer with a bigger advertising agency. So he threw 
the job he was leaving at me, and uh, that's how I plugged in. <laughs> you kept swapping things. <laughs> yes, so we swapped. Yeah, and um, I worked there for about four months. Uh, it was a very short stint, but <laughs> there were so many lessons. But even prior to plug, while I was there, we had started another company uh, called Lemonade. Mm, I remember. Uh, yes, we had Lemonade. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it, um, it had to close because it wasn't managed well. I really liked what Dr. Innes did with the lessons she got from all the 13 businesses that failed. So it also had its, uh, its story there, which is for another day. And uh, then I went and joined another friend where we had a partnership for about three years. Um, and then Was that, it also advertising? Yes, it was in the uh, advertising and print space. Um, and thereafter, um, that was about 2011 at the peak of Forex trading. <laughs> uh, story yes, for another day. That is a very, very long story. Um, I actually really considered uh, leaving design for Forex trading because I got really hooked mm. in there. Mm. And uh, uh, like I like to say, Forex turned ordinary men into philosophers. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so as they say, I got burnt by candlesticks. Uh, the forex traders will know what that means. Yes. Threw so many dodges at me. And um, yeah, so I went back to Jeremy. I found him while he was at work, and I had told him I was considering leaving this. And then um, a few weeks down the road, after it had gone south, um, went and registered the business we had been talking about. He signed the papers. Um, and uh, took the little that was left, borrowed a table from David Sempala, my friend, uh, our friend who, who was kind enough, paid up three months in a small room at a Kamwesi hostel. Yeah, and, really um, room. Yeah, yeah, that is actually, after it's really, really improved. Yeah, yeah, that's when we improved. Had, that is the improved. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, got going. Um, so that's how it began. Uh, Jeremy was still transitioning. He just yes. married a Beautiful Some wife. Beautiful girl, yeah. uh, I think he had a child at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was very risky for him to jump in with both feet. Mm. Uh, so he needed to make calculated moves. And uh, so I stayed in and steadied the ship uh, yeah, while he got his rudder right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's how really it began. Um, one of the things that uh, really, I think, that helped us at the beginning was me knowing Jeremy and him actually having done an awesome job with JK and, um, you know, having seen him uh, over a while. Um, yeah, so that's how we began and maybe he'll tell his story after um, where we are. Um, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to come to Jeremy yeah. because yeah. I, I, I know the story also from um, the other side, yeah. the other inside, the, this but, side of the story. Yeah. So, Jeremy, I think yes. why don't you tell us your side of how it began, then we're going to get into the nomad story. How did your story uh, begin, the, the, the journey towards business nomad, how did, where did it start? Thank you. Um, well, I have pretty much been working in advertising for a long time. I've worked, before nomad, I had worked for nine years and seven months in ad agencies. That's one design house, three ad agencies. So I had been there, done that, been on the grind with the agencies for a while. One of those evenings I got home and my lovely wife mm. said to me, and this was at 2.30 a.m., she said, Is when and you she, got was, home. she was in the couch waiting for me and she said, I hate your job. Mm. 
And I'm thinking to myself, wow, okay, um, I am bringing in some company, actually yeah, some true. good money. And some then you're money. telling me <laughs> that you hate my job. But before that, I had been having conversations with Ariho mm. about the dream, yeah. starting this business. And like he said, um, I had met him at Access and he had recommended me where I'd gone and done internship and eventually got a job with JK's Access Reprographics at the time. And I worked there for three years while he was in the UK getting his qualifications. Then from there I left and went to a series of other agencies where I used to work for mostly three years and then move on. So 2010 we had had a daughter and so it wasn't a good time for me to leave. So we agreed <laughs> that I would stay there longer and then probably in the next year leave and start Nomad. Yeah. Uh, I'll join him on the Nomad journey. So that's pretty much uh, in brief what the story was like. Um, for me, I remember very vividly one day I was working at my former job in the evening at about 6 p.m. Ariho comes and tells me, you know what, Jeremy, I am leaving design. What? <laughs> I'm leaving this stuff. I've found, my newfound love is forex trading. You know, and, and, and I looked at him and here I was trying to finish my stint where I was working yeah. to join him. Yeah. And he's telling me I'm jumping he's ship. Done. I'm done. And I remember the Holy Spirit telling me, you know what, just, just tell him, keep the software near. Don't uninstall that design software. <laughs> yeah. Because you might need to go back to it. And he has told the story very well, yeah. so I won't elaborate yeah. on that. Well, yeah, like he said, uh, <laughs> for me, if Forex trading, the story of having worked and had a partnership for three years that worked really well. And um, the reason it, it ended was because we both found Forex trading and uh, oh, no. everyone <laughs> opted to, to go their it way. It had some more money. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And, uh, but still, with what happened with me, it was an, a, a clear, it was very clear to me that one is indeed too small a number to attain greatness. And uh, that, uh, like the, it's written in Proverbs, that uh, money that is hastily gotten quickly dwindles. Windows. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but he who gathers little by little will, will increase, increase it. it. Yes. Yeah. So that for me was uh, a telling story, and then the journey began. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, um, yeah, so 2011, July 19th, we registered the business. I joined him at Akamwesi, and we started the Nomad. With and you guys, I remember, you started with two laptops mm. and a dream. Mm. <laughs> and lots of passion. And lots of passion and lots of passion. So I want, I'm very curious. Many people do not start with a partnership, mm. okay? Yeah. It's complicated, it's a risk. You, you could even risk your friendship and relationship. Why did you guys decide to partner from the beginning? Because People usually will say maybe strategically as you go along, you realize that I need a partnership. But you guys chose to do something that we find rare uh, for people to start out with a partnership from the beginning. Why did you come to this decision? Well, I, I must say um, I had had conversations and everyone had told me, you know, you're from one partnership, why should you jump into exactly. another? And um, I, I honestly didn't see I, don't, I didn't see myself getting so far on my own. Mm. Um, in, in any way, whichever way you bring them on, you'll need other people on your journey of significance. Um, uh, but first it starts as a journey to meet bills. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, and, and partnerships are very interesting that at the beginning, uh, when it's, there's almost nothing, you know, 
everyone is happy. Of course. And then people become... Because there's nothing. Yes. And then <laughs> as, as the, the, the money increases, that's when maybe people become a bit, uh, feel unfairly treated or something like that. Mm. So one of the things is that it has also been a journey of learning and growing yes. and, and purposing. For me, one of the things that, um, that uh, I, I don't know where I got this from, but uh, the thing that was at the back of my mind was, and I, I think I had it the time I was quoting my wife, that if I can't be faithful to you with you, I can't be faithful to you at all. And this, ah, is, this, is, wow. this is what I told my wife. I need to be faithful to you with you. While we are dating, we can't cross a certain line. Yes. Okay? For me to be faithful to you. To you. Yes. And, you know, in the, in the... So so one of the things that happened, which for me I felt was... Uh, I, I even got to learn. I'm, I'm, my current read is uh, Stephen Covey's book, The Speed of Trust. Mm. And indeed he says trust is everything. Mm. Trust is at the bedrock of every relationship, whether it's a marriage, a business, anything. Trust is at the, at the, at the root of it. And um, one of the things that happened is that when Jeremy had uh, signed the papers and he was a partner, he was signatory to all the nomad accounts. But remember, he was still closing uh, where he was. Yes. But I needed to be true to that by looking for him. Even when you know, the bulk of the money that was being banked on nomad accounts was being made by myself, mm. I still looked for him and showed him what the expenses were going to be and he signed my salary check, which was a whooping 250,000 shillings. <laughs> 250,000 shillings? Yes. So I felt oh, like that was the beginning man. of, yeah, what needed to happen in the yeah, partnership. Yeah, yeah, in the partnership. Yeah. Um, let's start right there. You've just, I love what you've, we've talked about the 250,000 shillings. Mm. So usually when people are starting out, one of the things that stops people from beginning is capital, mm. okay? Mm. We don't have capital. And also at the time, Kamara, were you married? Almost. You were almost marrying someone's <laughs> daughter, and you were th now you had started earning two hundred and fifty thousand shillings. I remember mm. Jeremy took a huge pay cut. He started yeah. earning almost a tithe of what he had been earning before. Like, and we had to, you know, move house and whatever. So if you guys would talk about the challenges you faced on the journey, you know, beginning. The beginnings, and, and if, if it, not only the beginnings, but what are some of the biggest challenges you faced on the journey uh, of, of the nomad dream? Wow, well, uh, I don't know how much time you have, um, <laughs> but I'll tell you there are quite a number of them. I think for me what I would call one of the biggest challenges, especially in the early years, was knowing that design in itself is not business. Oh. or branding in itself is not business. Mm. And I came from, an, from the background where I had worked with agencies and I understood the departments in the agency business and how they work, but, and I was very passionate about design and really growing and getting better at it, but I did not understand the business side of it. Mm -hmm. So you're passionate about this thing and you think I can really make lots of money with yes. this. But then you get that very thing and try to create a business around it, and then you realize that you know very little. Mm. One of the things we talk about a lot is how a client can walk in and say, I would like a business card, and you give them a quotation of, let's say, 100,000 shillings. And because you're so passionate about design, you spend the whole day making a really nice design. So 100k the whole day. So you have like <laughs> five different designs and samples, and the client looks at them and is like, wow, this is so good but you've spent an entire day making 100,000 shillings, <laughs> you know? 
which they will pay you over a period of time, mm. you know. <laughs> so, so there are all those things, and, and for me in the beginning that was a very big challenge. Mm. Understanding design and, and knowing that there's a difference between design and the business of design, or the mm. business of branding, or the business of creativity. That was a very, very big one. Then you have to navigate all these other things, um, VAT and taxes and, and client satisfaction and competitions and bids and pitching and putting all that in your head. You just want to design and make money. Mm. That was a big one for me. I'm sure he has a lot more challenges. Mm -hmm. yet, yeah. No, I think, I think the challenge is that we, the biggest challenge in our economy has been doing kingdom business. Thank you. I, was, yeah. I wanted to go there if you hadn't yeah. gone there. Because yeah. I, I know that's been quite a bit. Talk about that. Yeah, so, so I think uh, knowing that um, we, we come from a different persuasion. Yes. And we are not going to do business the way everyone else is doing it. Mm -hmm. um, that has been a major challenge. We've lost work. We've lost... Uh, we've had to have very difficult conversations. Yes. <laughs> uh, because um, people have wanted us to conform to um, the way business is done. But that's not how we do business. And for nearly 10 years, um, I, we can go on camera and speak to the nation and to nations and it's say, true. we have not done business the way people do it yes. at all. Yes. We have not taken yes. kickbacks. We've not given anyone kickbacks. In any case, we have uh, had to have conversations and uh, yeah, walk away where need be. Uh, I'll share a story yeah. if you have, if you have a yes, minute. Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, one of those. So, um, <laughs> 20, I think this was 2017. Um, we, were, we had just submitted a bid to a client, uh, one of those big um, organizations, and we felt really good about our bid and our quotation and everything. So I get a phone call from the client to B. Mm. And he says, I need to see you immediately. Mm. So I'm thinking, why do you need to see me? I've submitted the bid. Everything is there. Make your decision and let us know whether we have the mm -hmm. job. He's like, no, I need to see you. It's, it's important. So I'm like, um, I'm, I'm really trying not to go for a meeting uh, because I have a lot of work to do. Anyway, so he insists on us meeting at KFC in Bukoto. This is recent. Very, very <laughs> weird. Yeah, very weird. Um, so anyway, uh, I go and we, by then our office was in Bukoto, so I go and wait at KFC and something in my heart tells me there's something not right about this mm. meeting. So anyway, I sit there and in a very cheeky way, I get my phone, I turn on the voice recorder and put it oh, on the table oh, like oh, this, oh, oh. you know. So this guy comes in and he's a foreign national, so he sits down and says, hi Jeremy, now you know, uh, with a West African accent and he says, now I'm going to give you guys the job. Mm. <laughs> But I want you to add four million shillings on top of the quotation, mm -hmm. um, and, and you'll get your LPO today. Now, we had been talking about how to blow off such clients. Yes. Now, you can't tell them, hello, I'm saved. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, 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 it <laughs> may not really, really work. So I don't remember what I told him, but I somehow told him, you know what, we are a really small company, we work very hard, we pay our taxes, and we really would like to do ethical business. It's actually one of our values. So unfortunately, I cannot mark up our quotation by four million shillings for you. Then he looks at me and says, yeah, you know, yeah, you know we are fighting corruption. <laughs> You're right. And, uh, and he says, okay, um, thank you, thank you so much. And That's then so that funny. afternoon, he sent us our LPO. 
So I went back to the office to him and said, listen to this. <laughs> yeah. You know, what, what's interesting is that there are people who are there and are stuck. Yeah. Sometimes it's the system that is forcing them to do it. They don't really want to do it, but the system is forcing them to do it. And they are looking to someone to, to push them over the edge and show them reason why not to. Like that gentleman right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be genuine. You know, like these foreign nationals, they see everyone He's around possibly is doing it, yeah. so they are forced to do it in a way because if you're not doing it, then you might be seen as the snitch in the team. Yeah. You see? So, yeah, it's just having so, that. So, for, for me, what I hear from you guys is that doing business is not just about just the economy. Mm. You're actually discipling because there's discipleship going on. Is that now the clients you have know yeah. that nomad will not cross the yeah. line. And yeah. that hasn't stopped you from growing. Yeah. So, let's talk numbers. Mm. Let's talk numbers for a moment before I ask the next question. Uh, you started nomad. <laughs> zero. With zero, I, I really I can't even say that there was over startup capital. What? How? What is going? Talk turnover right now. What does it look like uh, financially? I think that Kamara is the numbers guy in Nomad. Another joke. Uh -huh. is that <laughs> one, one time, a CEO was uh, eating uh, chocolate fudge cake and fell on the. Oh, no. <laughs> it fell on the on the on the calculator and he was accused of trying to fudge the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have bad jokes, but they are good. So so fudge, fudge yeah, so, yeah, are think, you going to fudge the numbers? <laughs> no, no, no. The numbers, the numbers are legit. Mm. One of the things that maybe someone out there needs to know is that in business, business is actually, if not ninety-nine percent, it's hundred percent records. And you if guys, you, if you don't have you. records, you don't have a business. Uh, recently, we had someone put our numbers in, in a software, a Power BI software, and we were able to see even the clients that we have lost, yes. um, the, the potential of growth, which is really quite exciting because when you begin to see the numbers, they show the life. So, numbers don't uh, lie. Numbers don't, don't lie, yes. So, um, we've grown from turning over 10 million shillings a year. Mm -hmm. um, well, it was the second half of the year because we began in July. So from turning over 10 million shillings to now doing uh, over 1.4 billion shillings a year. Yeah. That is growth. Yes. And that's been nine years, yes, right? Nine, nine years, years of yeah. business. From, yeah. So from 10 million turnover a year to mm. 1.4 billion shillings turnover a year. Can I tell a numbers story? Please tell a numbers story. So 2016, mm. we got an opportunity to submit our very first bid for oh, one of those yes. big, big organizations. <laughs> And the idea was for us to do a strategic presentation before going into the creative work and the details of the campaign. But because this was our very first bid, we were so anxious to impress the client. Mm -hmm. So we went the whole nine yards. We did the strategy, we did the creative, we did some radio ads and executions, we printed posters, and we went in with everything to meet the client. So we sit and present everything, and the client is impressed, and they're like, wow, you guys actually did the whole campaign. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, we won the deal. Mm -hmm. So when we, we, after winning the deal, they began to ask us about the numbers. <laughs> now, the whole project was about, I think, like almost 700 million shillings, yeah. the total project. We had grossed 60 million shillings after working so hard, that was like the amount of money we had ever had on the accounts. Mm. So the client looked at us, looked at these boys, so passionate, so desperate to have this project. 
He said, if we give this guy 700 million shillings, we will kill them. <laughs> So anyway, yeah. they tell us, you know what, guys, unfortunately, the rules state we can't give you this yeah. money because you've yeah. not handled this kind of money before. Yeah. So we go and say, you know what, what if we partnered with another organization that has handled that, has that kind of yes. money, and then we come back to you. So we talked to some friends, another company, and we punched, you know, we wrote out an MOU, and then we came back. And they said, the lead firm has to be the one that has handled the money. Oh, man. But you guys are the ones who have done the project. So how does that work? Bottom line, we lost the job. We even told them, you know what, use our concept, execute it with the second agency. They said, unfortunately, we also are trying to be ethical, so we can't do that. So we walked away from that deal and we lost it. Yeah, you lost a deal because you didn't have... The numbers. The numbers. <laughs> so the numbers are critical. And one of the things I think I've appreciated being on the other side watching Nomad is that you guys are very prudent when it comes to your finances. Yeah. And when it comes to your records and like everything is paying taxes, you know, doing kingdom business. Yeah. But um, let me ask another question. You've talked about, now, people who are watching are probably like, man, how did these guys come from here to there? What have been some of the strengths that you would say you've had as Nomad? coming from beginning as small as you were to where you have come and you're still on a journey of growth, I know that the dreams are very big and you've started, you've sort of started building nomads outside of Uganda. But what are some of the, if you talk about maybe one, one strength each which you feel has helped you on the journey to grow, and then next I'll be asking about preparedness for COVID. Yeah. Okay. So I'll talk about his strength. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, one of the many, but I think that you are a very strategic and big picture leader. And that is driven by a lot of passion, you know, and, and that, is, that is fantastic. Yeah. You know, and one of the things I like about him is he's very straight up with what, whatever he's saying. You can, he never misses his words. Of course, sometimes you're like, ouch, you know, mm. you could have put some icing sugar on that before telling that to the client the yeah. way you said it. Yeah. Or you could have said it like this, you know, mm. the client would walk away feeling good but still understanding what you've said. Mm. But I think that to a great extent, that's a strength. And I really celebrate yeah. you for yeah. bringing that, yeah. that, that quality to the team at Nomad. Mm. And, and yeah. Wow, big picture strategy. Wow. Go at it. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, I think Jeremy is a very calm guy. Yeah. You know him. <laughs> He's a very calm guy. Uh, I think if both of us were like generators, <laughs> we would have a lot of power in the house. But um, I think um, he has the ability to calm situations. I know there are certain spaces where possibly I have walked into uh, client meetings and um, even myself, I felt like, you know, let Jeremy take the lead on yeah. that because um, your staying there longer might not be <laughs> helpful for the business. Um, so he does that very well. And then he also has this huge, vast uh, experience in advertising. Um, he's also a good people developer. Um, uh, I, I, I know that the team kind of gravitates towards him because um, he says what he means, he means what he says, and he doesn't say it mean. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you yeah. Mean. So, so, <laughs> so sometimes you have people who mean what they say, say what they mean, and often they don't have the tact mm. not to say it mean. Mm. Uh, I am learning to uh, get 
uh, healed from the foot in mouth disease. Eh? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, foot in mouth. Yeah, so uh, but it's it's uh, yeah. So so he's, he's he does that really. So well. what I've heard from you guys is that your partnership has basically been the strength of the of Nomad is that you both bring something to the table, yeah. and yeah. that those things have have brought a strength for the business. Yeah. You cover each other yeah. where where the need is. Yeah. Now talk to me about being prepared for COVID nineteen when it hit. I remember. Asking oh, Jeremy, you know, privately, like, are you guys ready? Like, what happens? You know, you've shut down the business. You have to find a way to continue working from home. You have people to pay salaries. Uh, people were laying. I know you did not lay off any people. I know you did not cut salaries. I know that all these things. So how how prepared were you? And, and what are some of the things that helped you? If you were prepared, what are some of the things that helped you get prepared? How have you continued to regroup in this season as we, you know, rebuild business? Wow, um, I don't know whether we were prepared um, because <laughs> I've never had to go through a pandemic where the whole world is on lockdown. It's true. Um, but it, for me, it came at a time when I'd actually been at home on bed rest. Yes. Um, but initially, I think I didn't really understand what was going on. Yeah. It kind of felt like, okay, it's like a three-week break from, you know, um, all the hard work and everything. Mm. But then you begin to, you know, see what's happening on the news and, and, and hear from different business people and everybody's at home and you have to be, everything you know is being put to the test. Mm. One of the things that, and he'll expound on it, is our systems were really put to the test. Yes. Put to the test. Individually, for me, it was a case of, do you have the personal discipline to get up in the morning early be at the dining table or the study wherever you're working by 8.30, which is the time you would be at the office. Yeah. And work and not leave that table till past 5 p.m. You know? Uh -huh. It was a really serious test of that. Mm. That you must be disciplined enough to put in the hours. Mm. You know? Because work is still going on. Um, and, and one of the things that really helped, which was his idea, which was great, and we, it's something we've been doing, we do every day, because we have a meeting every morning at the staff meeting. Yes. Um, and nowadays we have it at 9 a.m. We pray together, we study the word, the scripture, then we go through the tasks for the day and what everybody needs to do. Mm -hmm. So we continued that, but on Zoom. And we had it every morning at 9.30. I remember, yeah. And it was the, I think it was the one thing that really yeah. helped the team connect. Yeah. Yeah. But I can tell you that our systems were put to the test, yeah. and he's going to expound on that. <laughs> for the money things, we were lucky to have been very prudent with money. And I really thank him for that, that we had money in the bank mm. and some money invested somewhere, so we were able to sail through it. Yeah. Yeah. I think COVID um, is, has been always still that revealer of, uh, the, you know, I, I, I don't know, it's, it's um, the book that I read by a gentleman called Chuck Blackman. He says that businesses don't stop because um, it's just because the owners got tired. Oh dear. The owners get tired because they're on a treadmill, there are no processes, there are no systems, and then they cannot continue doing what they are doing and they fall off. Mm. And then it's attributed to low customers, low sales, uh, you know, poor handling of finances, but it's just because the owners got tired. Mm. Um, so, so for us, it was a case of saying, can we stay the course and have this daily call? Sometimes you didn't have anything to say yes. because... <laughs> People had uh, left bedroom, gone to dining, kitchen, and come back. So there was nothing really, yeah. 
there was nothing really uh, to report about, but um, it was how do you stay the course uh, and keep in touch. Mm. We began to develop a business continuity plan when COVID actually hit. That's when we started working on what, what, what are the scenarios. We'd been planning and saying, okay, if one person went off, um, we can, and they were either taken ill or something, we can continue to pay them for up to six months, but we didn't envision having the whole team away. So, so that, was, uh, that was also a bit of a, of a challenge. Uh, but in, in before COVID, um, we'd uh, listed with, a, with a, a prayer altar coach who had started taking us through um, how to pray for certain things. So I feel like that kind of took a bit of, uh, of um, it helped us because then we began to see more of what was happening on the spiritual side than what was actually happening. And that got us to really begin to believe that this thing is here for us. Yes. It's not here against us, it's here for us because what has happened in all sectors everywhere, everyone is beginning afresh. Yes. So even the guys who had the head start on us, yes. we are now almost on the same page. Yes. If we get our acts together, we will be up there in the next three, maximum five years. Yes. We will be playing with the big guys. And that's really the, the plan that this thing came to create that wealth uh, uh, shift the wealth move that 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 is talked about. So, yeah. so that's one of the things. But being prepared for it is no one envisioned it. No, but but while we're in it, we are able to see the opportunities that it brought. Um, we're seeing some of our team members becoming very creative and starting up um, ventures of their own. One of the things that happened is at at, at one point it became a bit tricky because. You know, when it happened, is um, it was December is normally a quiet month, and then we actually uh, pay a 13th check in December as a, a bonus for everyone. So you've paid out that money, then you go to Jan, which is a bit slow. Feb is when things are beginning to pick, to pick up. up. And normally you might touch a bit of the reserves in Feb, but you know, you're not worried because they are there anyway. And then you hit March, then you pay March, then there's no work, you're at home, then April, May. So it be came a bit tight in the middle there and uh, I just felt God was telling us that we should not feel like we are the ones who take care of his people he does take care of them so because there was that whole thing of how shall we pay these people so now it was a case of telling guys listen we are going to plan and stretch this money that we have left uh, to whenever um, and those were things that we took strategically but also, there was a lot of information out there that if we were in the business of the day, we wouldn't have received. So one of the things we learned was the strong acronym, being strategic, having targets, rallying the team, uh, optimizing, uh, minding the numbers and the givers gain. And during uh, COVID, is we actually gave out more. We, we gave to people who were supporting um, vulnerable people. We partnered with our clients and those who remained open, like some of the banks that we work for, we gave them sanitizer so they could remain safe during the... So we, we put this stuff that we were learning, which ideally we might not have seen while we were running around in the, in the, in the mud of things. Um, so, so in a way, it began to point to certain things that uh, we possibly wouldn't have seen. Um, we, like but to, yeah. we like to say that the, su the sun stood still yeah. for us to get our house in order. That's right. Wow. Yeah. So what yeah. you've seen is opportunity for growth. Lots opportunity. of opportunity. 
opportunity, opportunity. So attitude is important in a time of rebuilding. What you see determines how you respond. If you see opportunity, you respond to opportunity. If you see obstacles, you stop in your stead. So questions from the people online. Most of them are really, I feel like it's the same person. Okay, two people so far. But they're asking, I'll ask the questions and you'll answer because they're like four questions, but I think they're asking the same thing. How have you managed to stick together for all this long? You're not brothers and you're not related. So, and then how did you meet? How have you managed to stay together? Someone has asked, how are you preparing the business to hand over to the children? <laughs> and lastly, how do you identify a business partner? Uh, Patricia says, I'm a firm believer in working for in working for leveraging. So thank you for showing that partnerships can and do work, but how do you so the first question is how how did you guys meet and how have you been able to stick together? And the second one is how do you identify a business partner? Um so who will take which one? Uh well how did we meet? I think we've kind of hinted on that. So. But we met through really the access reprographics, a little bit of uh, come alive. Um, but one of the things I think has been greatly helpful for us to stick together is the fact that we are in the same growth spaces and we are receiving the same thing. So both of us are part of Worship Harvest and so we learn the same things and, and many times after Business Garage, I'm texting him, he's texting me and saying, did you hear that part, you know, those kind of things. But also coaching. Yes. You know, Pastor Moses is one of our business coaches, mm. you know, actually the main business coach mm. we have. Mm. And, 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 and so having an accountability system and having somebody coach you mm. and, and, and help you and bring you guys together and say, okay, what's going on, um, has helped us stick together. But also having critical conversation. Mm. I learned something the other day that the law of critical conversation oh, it's a law. states that the longer the lag time between the incident and the, the conversation, mm. or uh, uh, the longer the lag time between the incident and the discussion, the harder it becomes to have true, the conversation, the conversation, you know. So just saying, you know, every time there's something in your heart, don't keep it there until it starts smelling. Yeah. But bring it up, talk about it, you know, let's let's move on. Let's let's go towards the vision. I think wow. that has helped us stick together a lot. Yeah, two bachiga. All right, Tamara, <laughs> how do we how does one identify a business partner? Uh, for me, really, I don't know. Um, I, I would say it was God yes. on my part because I think when I was about to get married, I prayed a lot for the person that I would walk down the aisle with. Yes. And um, I had really two people. Um, one I had spent um, more time with and saw my transformation because... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so my transformation. Buy the book. We did, we, yeah, buy the book. <laughs> mm. So, and then the other was Jeremy. And Jeremy Moore was like, I really looked up to him and uh, the values that he espoused and uh, uh, the journey he had taken. I know I had uh, recommended him to, to JK and JK spoke very highly of him. I know JK would send me some of the stuff that he, was, uh, he would do and say, uh, can you even do this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> As in the guy you sent is even better than you, you know, can you do this, you know, things like that. So, because he was good at drawing with his hands, he had that calligraphic writing yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, well, for me, I was the guy who punched the thing in the computer only, so he came with extra things. So, for me, it was a case of, um, one, the business partner, to answer the person out there, is someone in your circles. They are not in Dubai, they are not in, in Taiwan. Oh, man. Yeah. 
someone within your circles. And the other thing is that are you the right business partner for them? For them. Yes. Uh, some people are looking for a good business partner, but they are not a good business partner. Um, and then also I like to tell people that partnerships are great, but um, even when we go to the bathroom until the paperwork is done, you know, you, you stay there. So. Oh gosh, Kamara. <laughs> until the paperwork is done. <laughs> stay there. So yeah, wow. yeah do a partnership, it's great. Um, the book by Kobe is amazing. The speed of trust really uh, helps you do a lot of things faster. But why the Bible says that the, the heathen even prosper better than the children of light is because for us, we leave everything to assumption. For them, they, uh, they actually implement the principles. They make the vision known. They write it down. Whereas for you, you're trying to discern and assume, you see. So that, that is what really helps. The wow. I, I really like what we've heard from Jeremy and, and uh, you keep saying Ariho, Kamara. Thank you so much for sharing with us your story, your business journey, the power of partnership. I hope that you've been inspired, that you've been, you've been challenged in one way or another. And right now I welcome Pastor Mose, Apostle Mose, Mose. I welcome Mose <laughs> to the team. Coach Mose. Yeah, Coach Mose. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Nomads. ウィズインディスフィーフォーマカムエスデイオバイヴェンプリアカムエスプリアカムエスウェアウォーザプリアカムエススペースアムタイトリメンバーウィコザカムエスウォーザビッグディオザイトウォーザビッグディオザイト
working hard on the desk for him is out playing golf. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I make all this money for this slope. What on earth am I doing? So uh, the writer, uh, what's his name? Michael Gabba. Michael Gabba says, you, you, you get an entrepreneur seizure. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and they're like, I'm going to do this for myself and make all this money for myself. So you get out, you fire your boss, and you go start your so-called business. And that's when the truth hits you, and that's what he talked about. Yeah. He said, design is not business. <laughs> no. <laughs> the truth hits you, like Michael Gabba says, there are now three people in one. There is an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you went out, you yeah. want to make this, you, you own the vision. Mm. But then the entrepreneur, you are, you are also the manager. You mm. own the vision, but now you're also trying to make sure that things make sense. Yeah. <laughs> And then lastly, you're also the technician. Mm. So there are three people in you. And in any business, any business, the entrepreneur, that's the person who is working on expanding the business. The manager, you know who that is in yeah. 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 The, the person who policies work yeah. mm. and the technician, the person who does the real the technical real, real work, those three same. are always in disagreement. Yes. They are all, they never, okay. <laughs> it's hard. They, they have to work on, on being, being in agreement. Now, when those three people are, are, the same. are one person, <laughs> you are a walking in civil war. with yourself. <laughs> so that's bipolar. Bipolar. So that's how, that's how most businesses fail in the first five years. Mm. And then he says that, that, that now the 10% which survive. Okay, you eventually quit, go back, find a job. Mm. Or move into another Another business. one, you start think, a new one. You think the problem was not you. Mm. The problem was the product. Yes. Okay, so anyway, then we're out of time. So then the next five years, it's what Kamara talked about. Gas bangiosis. Yeah. You've been going hard for seven, eight years. The treadmill. The treadmill. You burn out. Run out, yeah. The 90% that fail, in the next five years, of the 10% which survive, it's burnout. Mm. So for those who struggle with percentages, <laughs> I think that was P5, P6 work, something like that. Oh dear. If you struggle with percentages, it, we are saying if you start, if a hundred of us started business, okay, in five years, 90 of us will fail mm. because of this entrepreneurial seizure and the assumption that the technical work is a business. And then, the 10 of us who survive, in the next five years, nine of us will fail wow. because of burnout. Because we didn't build systems. 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 So you guys are very close to that 10 year mark. Mm. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You need to get the year. <laughs> and once you get to year 11, I'm going to buy you cake. Yay! <laughs> So I, I just wanted to bring that out a little bit uh, as what I captured out yes. of this testimony. And I picked four big words. Mm. Partnership, mm -hmm. trust, mm -hmm. patience, mm -hmm. and discipline. Mm. I think that's when I look at the nomad story, that's, that's what so I see. Yes. Partnership, mm. uh, it's not Kamara and Sons, <laughs> it's not Biamazi and Daughters. <laughs> you, you're working together. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and this is what I've been urging a lot of people. Like, go big, go find another 90 people mm. and launch a business with 100 
shareholders. <laughs> yeah, let everyone bring 50 million and you launch that business with 5 billion. It's very different. Now, of course, don't do that at the start. You need to fail. Yes. Yeah, there is, there is a start, uh, fail, improve, re-enter. Mm. I think you guys yeah. have gone yes. through that. Yeah. That's Paul Martinelli's system. Yeah. Start, expect failure. Mm. Please, please. So because failure is coming, don't throw all your capital in at mm. the beginning. Mm. So start small, that 250K yes. salary. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what and that that's I think if there is anything I like about the Norman story that some people may have listened but missed, it's that long-term view of we yes. are building, building like Makerere for the future. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. awesome! Thanks so much, guys. Yeah. Uh, we there is so much yeah. to learn from you guys and. Yeah. I the, see the, the thing that yeah, you're talking about is uh, instant gratification is what actually kills those people who die in the first few years. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> you you start out you, the money you are making for your boss, um, you might get it in a contract, it's but true. then now it's uh, it, it's you begin to eat the business because you you cannot wait to work on this thing that is the the the, the goose that is laying the golden egg. So. You decide to swallow it. You are like, this <laughs> thing keeps laying golden eggs. There must be many inside this. Oh, no, no. Yeah. You, you catch it asunder. Yeah. So just, uh, and, and the thing that uh, Steve Covey talks about, which I found interesting, is that trust starts with self-trust. You start by trusting yourself. If you are not going to wake up at five, don't set that alarm. If you're going to snooze it, don't set it. Okay? <laughs> some, make some promises yeah. to yourself. Make promises to yourself and say, we are in this for the long haul. If this is the salary that I am taking, <laughs> if I blow that money, then I look for Alan Tayebo. Yes. I don't... <laughs> I don't your, your dreams, dreams the future brings my future closer, <laughs> but I don't compromise <laughs> what is happening in the business. There is one question people didn't ask, and mm. our time is up. Mm. Yeah. Which many people get into partnerships are going to face? Mm. Disagreement. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Did we talk about that? Have you guys so always agreed? Oh. And it's so Is nice. It true? Because I think Kabare, uh, Kabare. Yeah. So there <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about how because you talked about it in terms of the law of, uh, the, the, of critical conversation. Critical conversation. Yeah. So we talked about the critical conversation, but the assumption out there might be because people even asked. Are you guys brothers? Wow. What? Because they feel the chemistry. No. Okay, wow. chemistry. <laughs> and so they might be thinking things you're always in agreement. Just give my side of the story and then he'll give his. Um, when we came together, we agreed that he would be the MD and I would be the creative director. He's a creative guy and he has lots of ideas as well. Um, but for me, I've learned one, to lead, but also to follow. Mm. All right, and that has helped me because if I don't learn how to follow him, then we won't go anywhere. Mm. I mean, the Bible says, How can two people walk together unless, unless they, they agree? agree. Mm. You know, mm. so I know when I need to lead, but I also know when I need to follow, mm. and that has helped me a lot. Yes, we've had lots of critical conversations, sometimes it passes those. And it finally comes, and you're like, so this was the point you're trying to make. But I'm like, okay, great, we've had the conversation, and we're going to keep humming. And I think for me, it helps with the heart. It makes it lighter when you have those conversations. So I really appreciate him for us yeah. having that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think 
like they say, tolerance begins where agreement ends. And yeah, if no, you're Kamara, in a space... Kamara, you have some philosophy. For extreme. It meant him a philosopher. So if you want to speak like Kamara, for Yeah, so, so you, you need to be in a space where you can tolerate the person. Mm. It happens in marriage. It's true. That you disagree, but because you can tolerate the person, you still stay in the same mm. space. And then you find the language... Um, but I, I, I find that the more you read, the more you f discover that these things are not unique to you, and there are people who have faced them and their solutions out there. Um, I think the last uh, three months have, for me, there are these two books that have just changed my view of business. One was posted on Facebook by Alan Tayewa, yes. Making Money is Killing Your Business. Mm. I had heard of, uh, read about it in E-Myth and everything, but this guy brought it out clear when he showed the stages of business that w people focus on sales. Just because you're selling, you don't have a business. No. You're selling, 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 but you don't have a business. Now, it needs to get into process for the business to break that, uh, that, uh, that cycle, the barrier, and then get into significance and stuff like that. So for me, it's been that whole thing of, we disagree, but there's a level of tolerance. Mm. Yeah, where you say, okay, um, yeah, and then, Wow, good people. Yeah. We have overshot because this was so good. It's true. But thanks so much for joining us this morning for Business Garage. We believe in you. We believe in your vision. We mm. believe in your dream. Yes, we agree with God pertaining to you that you will yes. be fruitful, you will multiply, you will subdue the earth, that your business is not a mean thing. It wasn't created to stop in Jaliwadela. Your business will go global in the name Amen. of Jesus. Amen. So we are praying for you. We are committed to bringing uh, wisdom to this platform mm. every week to help your business get better. Thanks so much for joining us. Join us next Sunday at 7.30 a.m. for yet more powerful stories, principles concerning business. So Father, we thank you for everyone who has joined mm. us this morning. We bless them. We bless them. May they see your goodness in this land of the living amen. as they trust you to take them places in Jesus name. Amen. amen. Bless you. See you next Sunday. I can hear the sound of a new generation. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.